Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. So, for some of us, we that's not the neural pathways that have been developed. Huh? So it's like, well, what are you talking about? You know, like what I really want to do because that's the pathways that are available right now. Like <laughs> the road is wide open, the door is wide open for me to think about stuff. You know, and <laughs> repair and fix and organize and you know. And so, why do I feel like I have to go this way? <laughs> because it's been really well trained, you know. So you're sitting there and like, okay, I'm going to try your thing, but everything is telling me that I should go back home and organize the evening, you know. Because <laughs> my brain has been, uh, uh, you know, uh, trained in this way, you know, or that I should go straight back to an obsession I have, you know. It's so compelling. I actually even volunteer for it. You know, not only is it pushing in this direction, I also want to go in that direction. It feels like it. Do you recognize something like this? <laughs> and so sometimes there's a little negotiation going on, you know, like, okay, I'll just think about it for a couple of minutes, whatever the it is, and then I'll come back to your thing, which is a little painful, and disagreeable, and but it seems like, it's valued, you know, so I'll do it. But I prefer much more to, you know, hate myself. You know? <laughs> that, that I know how to do. And, you know, it's juicy. <laughs> or fear for the future. Or, you know, resent the past. You know, like, I delight in that. You know. Um, and so, yeah, of course, we're, we're trying something else. You know, we're developing another area of your, our brain. So it, it's, it's like it's stretching. It it's, might be painful. Uh, also because it is, um, it is a little, um, maybe there's a loss of reference. Is that the, the expression? You know, like, about, you know, I, I don't know who I am or like how to use time now because I'm used to, Thinking about things, pref preferring things, having opinions about things. This, this I know really well to do. Don't you prefer that I do that? I can do that. <laughs> you know? No, you don't. Do, you don't go to a class like about preference. You know, like no, I know about preferences. You know, I spend my day thinking about. I prefer this, and if they had said that, that would have been much better. And if I had done that, you know. And so here we're letting go. We're renouncing. That's not easy to do. Uh, we're renouncing uh, preferences, opinions, being busy, problem solving, you know. And yes, it has value. You're like, yeah, yeah, but hold on. <laughs> problem solving. It's been the story of my life. It's worked pretty well <laughs> up to now, you know. Yes, honey, it's worked. It's been useful. But there's other regions of the heart and the brain, you know, unvisited, you know. Let's go there. No. I want to stay in the rooms that I know well. Yeah, so... And then you have the Buddha who says, uh, My heart leaps with joy at the thought of renunciation. <laughs> my heart... Oh my God, this idea of letting go, renouncing, fixing and organizing and planning and rehashing and like, Oh my God, I love that idea. 
And he says also, but at the beginning, my heart didn't leap with joy. I was a little confused, you know, like, what? I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know why I would do that. It creates all kinds of things in me, doubt, and, you know, and I'm lost. And, but uh, with a little bit of practice, suddenly, start saying, oh, my heart leaps with joy. Yes, I do want to sit and let all this go and see what, you know, what's going to happen if I don't define myself by these things or occupy myself with these things. What, what field am I going to enter? You know, oh, at the beginning it's going to feel very empty and maybe dull or scary, you know. And then with time, maybe it will start to reveal itself. It will become more rich, more uh, foissonnant, more alive, more... Uh, and there, there will be what? Maybe suddenly, wow, contentment, fullness. Wow, just here, voices appearing and disappearing and traffic appearing and disappearing, and toes oh, appearing and disappearing, you know? And oh, suddenly, I don't know, shame, visiting, confusion, and wow, I was going to stay there for the whole show. Not just for the things that feel, feels good. I'm going to stay there and then, you know? So somebody at uh, uh, the class yesterday was describing, after the practice, I asked, so how was that? What was going on? And so somebody said, well, I was sitting there, and I was basically bored. <laughs> and because I was bored, I really wanted to, to go in my thoughts, you know. But I was also a little embarrassed. Because, you know, I come for meditation. I come to be aware. And really what I want to do is to not be aware. You know, I want to think about stuff, you know. And so uh, she was saying I was... So I was ambivalent, you know, like bored, trying to do it, wanting to do something else, really, being embarrassed. You know, and uh, and uh, and it was really beautiful actually because uh, I said that maybe I said something like, "Do you feel the embarrassment now as you're you're coming out? You know, as somebody who comes to a meditation class but really want to be, get busy with thinking about stuff? Do you do you recognize something?" <laughs> and she was saying, "Yeah, I do feel embarrassment to actually say this out loud." You know, but then she said, "Oh, but hold on, I also feel tenderness about it." You know, like it's, there's the embarrassment, but there's also like a tenderness that, so there was a kind of vulnerability about being honest, you know, and some tenderness was coming. Like, oh, that's nice. So you don't have to go into thinking and you can actually stay there, be embarrassed and learn to be with embarrassment in a, you know, the word that we would use usually would be compassion, compassionate way. So you don't need to actually go straight back to the world of thinking about next week to get busy and not feel, you know. You can actually see, stay here, be embarrassed and confused a little bit, and maybe tenderness can come in. And suddenly you're just there, and you're tender, or tenderness towards uh, boredom. Oh, this being is bored, they don't know who they are or what to do anymore. Like, you know, now that teacher removed all rights to think, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Can that be okay? To not know exactly who am I and what, you know? And can there be tenderness for that field of unknown that I'm in, you know, unvisited? Can you relate to, to, to recognize something? 
And just, so that's the practice we do, is we're stabilizing that presence. So it's not actually uh, addicted to looking for the things it knows, and it's not addicted to comfort, or addicted to opinions, or addicted to description of what's happening, but can just stay there and allow just this to happen. You know, and this will be probably many different things. Somebody yesterday was describing um, about their practice. They were saying, so I was sitting here and um, there was these waves of like strong waves of uh, a sense that I, sh- that I have to do it right. You know, that I must do it right, that I can't actually fail. I shouldn't fail at this. I should do this well. You know, and so she was describing these waves of a sense of uh, that it, I have to, it's really essential that I do this well. You know, like, a, do you recognize something like this sometimes in your life? Maybe not here, but at different times, you know. I have, you know. And uh, what was interesting, I found, was that it was described as waves. Not like reality exactly. It appeared for a few seconds as, as reality. Oh my God, I have to do the meditation right, otherwise I don't know what I'm going to, you know, what they're going to do to me, or I'm, <laughs> I'm going to spontaneously burst into flame. Right? I don't know what, but there was this strong sense, you know, and I was saying, did it appear like really real, like a real, like a description of reality? You must do it. And she was saying, yeah, yeah, it really, and you know, it was hot. And he was like, oh my God, like urgent, important, serious, you know. And I, and she said, then, and I said, um, and how did it turn out, you know, like were you able to do this meditation right? She said, no, I sucked. <laughs> I said, okay, so you failed miserably and you're still alive. And does it feel like it's a complete shameful thing? Or She's like, no, it's quite okay, you know. <laughs> Bella's wrong now and it's finished, you know. I, I can hook on something else, you know. <laughs> I can make something else important, you know. No, it's fine. So, oh, so it appeared while you were sitting, suddenly there was this sense that I have to do it right, it's really important. It felt really real. And now it actually doesn't feel so real that it was that important, you know, that you would die if you didn't do it right. Now it feels like, yeah, it's fine, you know. It didn't do so good. So what, you know. So this is why this is why personally I'm sitting because I want to see these appearances come and be really hot or con- create contraction in the chest. <gasps> oh my god, you know? Like when I was driving here, there was a corner there like I don't know, I was in the car and like everything was stopped, you know, and I felt like I was going to be late at the class. You know? <laughs> Like, and I didn't know if I could squeeze, you know, my car like this into a <laughs> space like this to, because I must be there, you know. But I've practiced enough to be able to be there and smile. It's like, wow, it's so intense. The <laughs> feeling that the world is going to collapse if I'm late, you know. And it's not being irresponsible, like, oh, we don't care, I can be late. No, I actually want to be on time, you know. And right now the conditions are such, you know, and yes, there's this also this rush. It's not like it, I'm all fine and there's no problem, I'm going to go with the flow. I'm not. Like, I'm like, ah, but I'm also aware, like, oh my God, look at that. This belief is so strong right now. You know, 
And I don't have to coach myself, say, ah, let it go, Pascal, you know, you're gonna, everybody's going to survive. If you t-. That's what we often do, you know, we add the layer of coaching on top. <laughs> Meditation, uh, mindfulness, is something very particular. It's a particular approach. I don't try to coach myself. I don't say, let it go. I'm just aware of it. Like, wow, look at that. How intense it feels, you know. And in that, there can be the birth of joy. Maybe like, whoa, this is so intense. I really feel like I have to be somewhere else, like a few feet in front. You know, it has this really strong sense, like this is the wrong reality. (laughs) You know? So I use this example because we can laugh about it. You know, it's kind of light enough. And it's that pedagogy. You know, I do it for (laughs) the good purposes so that we can enter in that field of reflection and say, oh, maybe I do this with something else that is a little bit more charged and dramatic and, you know. And so, very important here, the point I'm making, I'm not there to say, ah, let it go. This is the other arrow. Like if I was to judge myself that I should be relaxed and just go with the traffic and arrive when I arrive. No, I'm bringing interest to the experience of, uh, you know, feeling something is wrong. I'm awake to it, so I'm not denying it, trying to avoid it, get rid of it, and I'm not totally fooled by it. That's what we call the middle path. I'm awake, oh, look at that. That impression that reality is wrong, or I'm wrong in reality. Really strong, you know. And so the Buddha's instruction is this, when there's a particular mind state, know it's present. Saying when you're calm, no calm is there. When you're rush, rushing, uh, whatever else is there, know it's there. That's it. And then when you sit here, suddenly you notice, oh, it's actually totally fine. You know, notice that. Don't go like, you see, why did you get excited? There was no need to get excited. This is not wisdom. <coughs> wisdom, or the practice of mindfulness at least, is to actually know, look, look, ah, it's absent now. It doesn't feel like this. This is how it feels right now. Like this now. Ah, let's be interested in this. Is that is there something in there that could be useful in practice? So we're aware of states of mind as they are present. We're aware of how is this being here? Big rush of feeling that I should I have to do it right, I can't mess up, you know. Oh, let it rush through. Let it do its thing. And it's very, often it's very physical, not always. But, or maybe different personalities or sensitivities. I know for me it's usually very physical. You know, hot contraction, uh, you know, some kind of energy uh, being felt, tension. The person yesterday I was saying, where was it felt, the sense that you had to do it right? And she was like, ah, here tense, tensed here, you know, like, I have to do it right, you know, I can't mess up the meditation, you know, as this there. I'm describing, to, uh, that's a good uh, way for me to teach, describe yesterday's class. <laughs> I don't have to prepare much. <laughs> I have to remember this, that's really good. Save on preparation time. <laughs> but is it, does it, do you feel it's relevant? Uh, to me, it was really relevant, this uh, conversation. Uh, somebody else, could I, should I share another? 
Didn't, uh, so somebody else was saying, there's not much happening. I was just sitting there. I didn't have much opinion about it shouldn't be happening or I want to be somewhere. There's not much, but I would like just sli- slip, you know, and into grocery, you know, like, <laughs> like grocery making, you know, like list or something. And then I would wake up like, what? I don't, I'm not even interested in doing that. I don't even need to do that, really, you know. Like, and then I would just come back and then, whoops, and I was gone again. So I asked this person, do you know when the mind was escaping? And she said, do you, do you, do you mean, do I know where it was going? I said, no, you said it to the grocery. But when? What, what, what was happening? She didn't know. I said, that's interesting because in, uh, if I refer to the teaching of 2,500 years ago, where people were also doing market lists, <laughs> uh, the Buddha was saying, you know, uh, human beings, when it's pleasant, often they get really excited and fearful of losing the pleasantness, wanting more. When it's disagreeable, difficult, they blame, they get, con- they get agitated, they get hopeless, hateful, you know. And when things are neutral, neither pleasant nor unpleasant, as many of you know this teaching, it's like a, we keep repeating it, but when it's neutral, human beings often, neutral meaning not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, which is a certain amount of our experience on the planet, you know. Human beings, when they meet what is neutral, they get confused, they get lost, they don't know how to be. And so, so I said, I, is it possible that it was neutral what was happening? Yes, it was. And so no, notice, maybe in the next meditation, notice, become curious, when is the mind escaping? If, for example, in your meditation, your, your, your attention is anchored on the breath, it might feel good to take an in-breath, the freshness of the air coming in. I mean, it's not like orgasmic, <laughs> but, you know, there's some stimulation. It's fresh air coming in, you know. But maybe on the out-breath, because it's warm, but not that warm, or humid, but not that humid, you know, on the out-breath, maybe there's not, it's a little neutral. It's not outstanding or standing out. Maybe that's where the mind takes off, usually into vagueness or the habitual ways, you know, of thinking about later today, you know, dinner, you know. And so notice if what's happening for the mind to take off, you know. It's probably unable to meet what is happening because it doesn't know how to be with neutral, which is a whole field of reality that is very rich, but our presence or attention is superficial. It gets hit only by a big stimulation, you know. Tell me something I don't want to hear. I'll really be there, you know. Turn the water really hot or really cold in the shower. Then I'll be present. You know, otherwise I'm just... You know. But change the temperature to to some point where it's stimulating in some way, you know. I'll really be there. And so here we're developing that capacity to be. So that's the that's the the presence. The quality of presence is a presence that is really well established. I don't know if I if unperturbable is the way to describe it because it's actually perturbed, touched by many things. But 
it's it well established in the sense that it doesn't leave, it doesn't depart because it's boring or neutral. It doesn't depart because, you know, habits takes it away. Or it just stays. It's committed. That's a way to describe freedom. It's an engagement with reality where we don't go in all directions, you know. And so we and the, the image the Buddha used, uh, one of the images he used is um, these animals on the rope, you know, all these six different kinds of animals, animal on the s- tied to the same rope, the elephant, the hyena, the monkey, the snake, the uh, eagle. Is there six? <laughs> Dog also, and so they all want to go in, you know, in the jungle, in the air, in the ground, in the swamp, you know, and, they, and it's like this. And mindfulness cuts the ropes and gives a little area for each one of them. So we, we suddenly there's a commitment and we learn to take care of what's there. We learn to feed, to nurture, to pay, to, to care about what's happening. And so the de- the presence we're developing, we're practicing here uh, in this formal, uh, in the posture of sitting. But the idea is to bring it in the world, you know. So I stay there while I put my shoes. I don't go get lost, disappear in habits, you know. I, I stay there as I push the door. I stay there as I feel the warmth. I don't go straight at uh, the coldness. I don't go straight into opinions and thoughts about it. I stay there. And when I get home, I'm there for the cat, the dog, the husband, <laughs> the parent, the, the child, you know. I'm there. And then I'm there for whatever is next, you know. And when there will be beauty, I'll be there, you know. I want depart, you know. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. We have to do it again, you know. I'll stay there. I'll feel it. And when it's going to be difficult, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's that bad news. Okay. Wow. Intense. I'm there. I'm not departing in panic or collapse or numbness. I'm actually there. So that's, uh, that's the practice. So we're practicing this here. We're sitting and we're saying, whatever happens, kids' voices, laughing or crying, traffic, no traffic, not much happening or a lot happening inwardly or outside, I'm actually going to stay here, committed to this reality. I'm practicing this, because that seems to be described by a wise one as uh, a wise way to live, and a pleasant abiding, a pleasant abiding presence, full presence, that is stable, not in the sense that is, uh, you know, rock-like or cold or it's not like this we're touched really touched by things you know even perturbed but not abandoning question comments nuances what is your experience as you sit what do you notice? What takes you away from uh, reality? What gets you back? What, uh, what was the experience in the last sitting? 
it's already so far. Huh? It's been a 20 minutes of uh, talking or more. Yeah. Now I look forward to it. Hmm. Yeah. Now I find that that's an anchor for me. Yeah. I have trouble with my breath. I mean, I have trouble, like you said, the out breath I'm gone. I'm gone. But that, the coming and going of the sound, the traffic, all of that, I find that very soothing. And it was not before. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that in there, there's something, huh? Yeah. Like that, if I relate it to the teaching. It says, human beings, they often um, are mis, uh, misled, mis- they misunderstand, they're confused. They think that the pleasure is in the thing itself, or the displeasure is in the thing. Like before, you would think the voice, the kindergarten being next door, or the voices of the kid is a bother. It's, it, it's in that thing, you know. And now you're like, oh, but actually it's the same thing that is happening. But it's pleasant now. So I love kindergarten being next to a meditation, <laughs> you know? And so, but actually what's happening is much more complex. Huh? It's not in the thing itself. It's in the relationship with it. And so now your relationship has s- changed. The thing is still the same. So it's interesting. Can we actually, can it be inferential, this t- teaching about the, the, can we say like, oh, maybe with the disease that I have, or maybe with this conflictual relationship in my family, maybe, maybe, there would be a different way to hold it if I cannot make it, you know, go or change, you know. Maybe there's a way to hold it that would uh, be helpful. So for me, what comes to mind uh, in terms of what is difficult to be with is the way of tenderness. I don't know if we've talked about this here, or, but that's the title of a book by uh, Zenju Earthling Manuel. And uh, she talks about this, like the way, in a beautiful way in the book, the way of complete tenderness, opening to what is painful instead of with reactivity, despising, fearing, avoiding, denying, all the ways that we know to meet what is difficult, she says that, I'm paraphrasing, I'm, that's my understanding of what she talks about, but she talks about turning towards that with complete tenderness. You know? Yes? I did not hear those children today until you mentioned just now. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is that? Did they just start? Is it my so, which my selection of or I, I, I selected to not? Did you select, or a selection was made? Or a selection was made. Yeah. yeah, you know, like in terms of making it like I did. You choose consciously, voluntarily, or it just wasn't known to you. Mm. Yeah. Like, for example, is that, could it be the same thing with, uh, let's say if I mention your, you said this appeared when it was mentioned, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about your toes? Are they appearing now? 
<laughs> so I'm saying this just because, again, relating it to the teachings of the Buddha, he seems to be talking about being very interested in reality from the point of view of a human being. And from the point of view of a human being, he said things are flickering. They appear and they disappear. There's, they're so much more conditional and light and conditional than we think. You would think if they're there, they're there. But in your, your experience, they weren't there. They were inexistent. But some of us could say, no, they were actually there. But actually in your experience, they weren't there. So that's how conditional it is. The voices of the kids don't even depend on the kid being there or not there. <laughs> in this case, you know, they, they don't even need to not be there to not be there. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's that flickering. And suddenly they're really there. Huh? Now they're really there. Are they? But, you know, you'll be sitting there, there's the voice of the kids, and of course for all of us it's been flickering the whole time, but maybe we haven't noticed this, because we have just <coughs> taken it, there's the voice of the kids, they've been there the whole time, they'll be there the whole time, and we don't question that. But when we become really attentive, we'll see them flicker in and out. Because if I think suddenly of my recycling, you know, they'll disappear for a second, because all the consciousness will be back home by the garbage can. <laughs> You know? And so, or whatever is your thing. You know, you might have a different favorite location <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> I hope. But it's that flickering. Wow, it's amazing. To me, it's very touching. That, and so are our problems. You know? Somebody last night was saying, you know, I sat here and I was sitting with this compulsive thing and at some point I heard you say something about letting go even of problem solving, which I mentioned today. And she said it was just gave me the permission that I had like I had thought that I had to be faithful to my obsession, you know, and really f solve it. And another level of delusion we have is often we want to solve a problem from the from a compulsive obsessive mind, as if it was going to be really creative. You know, like, let me obsess about this. I'm really going to find some, something, a really good way to get out of that, you know. And so bringing tenderness. And for her, there was this idea that she could actually drop it. And she was amazing. Suddenly it was gone. Like, there was just, like, here, the sound, the sound. I was liberated from that obsession, you know, which I can return to at any time <laughs> and probably will, you know. But uh, it... It, she didn't know the flickering nature. It seemed like the problem was there, solid, forever, permanent, oppressive, really, all week. And in a snap, suddenly it was gone. It was not fixed. It was just abandoned as an obsession. The conditions were right. The teacher said something at that moment where it could be heard. And some, you know, from that particular angle, we were lucky, all of us. You know, and suddenly vanished. And it's like, oh, it's not that solid. And now I can return to it with a different, in a different way. And so the practice as we sit here is to discover how flickering things are. You know, how our house is flickering, our apartment or whatever it is, you know, our evening is flickering, our past is flickering. It's not always there until, you know, and everything else is. Our identities are flickering. And so are the kids' voices. 
You know, they're flickering in many ways. You know, absent, present. The Buddha's instructions notice any object, its presence and its absence. And you'll see that even while it's there, it disappears. I remember the first flash for me of this was on a long retreat at the Insight Meditation Society. I was walking in the street. There was a lot of snow. Uh, no sidewalk. So I was re- literally walking on the street by a big hill. And a huge uh, w- a yellow school bus was coming down. And I thought there's no space for me and the school bus. You know, so one of us <laughs> is in the way. <laughs> you know, And the school bus came and went like this, like really intense. And while, and, and before I had been meditating for many days, you know, so I was really, really aware and really aware of the fear and the, and the overwhelming sight, yellow sight mm-hmm. and, and sound and, and the overwhelming of the fear. And, I, I, and suddenly my, I was stepping again. And I noticed, wow the bottom part of the body had totally disappeared. Mm -hmm. During that very intense stimulation, it had disappeared. And inside, being inferential, it touched me like this is not very relevant. Okay, the legs disappeared, you were in fear, you you didn't feel your leg for a few moments. It doesn't mean much. But in my mind state, it actually meant a lot. It meant like, wow, things are that flickering. You know, it means that my ideas that seem so solid and my beliefs and my opinions, they're probably that flickering, although they don't appear like this when I have them, you know. And then I started being really aware of this, you know. I would have a really strong opinion. Last week we were at a retreat um, and uh, it made me so laugh because... I'm having a fine life. My life is good. Everything's good in my life at that moment. You know, I'm just somebody going for lunch, you know. And so as we're serving, and I see a few people in front of me, they're serving this pasta with um, aubergine. And I really notice aubergine. aubergine. I, like, I love aubergine. I'm so happy we're having aubergine. So I have my stuff, follow the line, get to my place, like, Three minutes, four minutes later, I'm there with my aubergine. And then I taste the aubergine, and it's so not well cooked. (laughs) And then I'm really like, it was so real. Suddenly it was like, but I really wanted aubergine. That's what I, I wanted just that in life. That's all I'm asking for, aubergine, you know? And suddenly I noticed, oh, but four and a half minutes ago, I'm, I was not somebody who wanted aubergine, <laughs> you know, but now I'm disappointed because I just wanted good aubergine. It's not so much to ask, you know. Is that the right word, aubergine? <laughs> and so, but then I was born in that realm, you know, and it felt really right, you know. But then it made me laugh, like, oh, aubergine is probably pretty flickering, you know, like, <laughs> probably give it a few minutes and my mind will hook on something else, you know. And now it's the drama of the instant, you know? Like, I'm so disappointed. I'm not asking for much in life, you know? And I don't even get it. And, you know, life sucks. It never gives me what I want. Other people probably have what they wanted. (laughs) And I can build a whole world around this, you know? But if I notice that this is a flickering thing, and it feels really real, you know? Again, I'm using little examples in order for us to 
be able to apply it maybe to other things, you know. Uh, I think maybe you had something you wanted to share, did or? Yeah, and the thing is that about um, again about the kids, the boys. I also when the boyfriend distracted, and I switch into kind of a judgment towards myself. And say, oh, I know that it was a no. Uh, I mean that distraction, but here I was in something important. <laughs> <laughs> it distracted you from. I mean, and that boy distracted me. And I want to come back where I was. So now that we're talking about figuring, it's something so simple. And, I mean, and I went there because I heard that, and I said, okay, this is, not, this is something that came to my attention. So I am mindful to that, that, you know, so that uh, sound. I took it as sound. Yeah. And maybe annoyance, uh, you know? No, no, it ah. was a sound. That's why I changed okay. from noise to sound. So it was not an annoyance. Okay. that came very much to my attention. But I went to that little judgment, not little, I mean judgment of saying, oh, but I got distracted of something that I, that I was, that it was important. So I'm curious, so what you got distracted from could, could be, let's put it in two, two things. So often what I've noticed in my practice and in others' not said so when we get distracted by the sound of the kindergarten, so we're getting distracted from the things we were thinking about. <laughs> it's like keeping me from... I was actually thinking about something and it distracted me from my being hooked in some story. Or, or was your, what you were attending to something in the present? <laughs> what was it distracting you from? You know? I, I, was, I, I believe I was in the present. Yeah. I was here and Good. it was... Yeah. Yeah. So just the sound arose. It was. It was not annoying. Not even for a second. It was just a new appearance. So in a way, you were not distracted. You were. You're. You you went from one place of awareness to a uh, awareness of an object to awareness of a different object. Yeah, is it possible? I, yes, it is. But I judged myself. Oh yeah, there was this. I didn't gen- know. I didn't know if uh, I did it all. Did I go to the sound? I should have gone to the sound. Or should I stay? Did yeah. I the should. I stay where I was. I was also a fine place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So was it you went to the sound, or the sound appear in the foreground by itself? You think you went? Uh-huh. Yeah, it came to the foreground, maybe. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I because uh, I've noticed for myself that sometimes on uh, med- in meditation, you know, I suddenly I would get annoyed by somebody sneezing or somebody breathing or somebody coming in late or something, and. Most of the time when I was getting annoyed, it's because I was actually lost in my thoughts, you know, and <laughs> somebody was, dis, you know, distracting me from my, from being lost, you know, like they were actually waking me up, you know. <laughs> and then when I understood that, suddenly it changed a little bit. I was like, oh, when somebody sneezes or make noise, like it, they, might, they, actually, they might actually be waking me up, you know. And if I'm always waking, waking up, if I'm already there, it's just something else that is happening, you know. 
find I'm distracted so much by noise or my recycling or yours um, <laughs> or those kinds of things. I find I'm distracted by emotional things. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm, uh, I go back to reviewing a disagreement, I go back to thinking about a hurt feeling or a situation where things could have been said differently, or happy or sad. Yeah. Those are the things I'm aware that distract me. Yeah. More than the noise or the yeah. traffic. Yeah. Although the traffic can be pretty. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think m probably many people can relate to this because that's one of the big hooks, is emotions, you know, and so. In this uh, practice, as I'm presenting it, of not abandoning oneself, not getting lost, you know, staying committed, is that maybe I would find that this dragged me along or that landed in the heart, you know, that suddenly that uh, unresolved or that hurt. And then so a practice could be, what we tend to do is leave, huh? leave with the story. Is that a little bit what you're describing? Absolutely. Absolutely, okay. Run with the story. Run with the story. <laughs> so what would be an alternative here in the context of this practice? What do you think could be an alternative way to do it? Or if you find out that you've run, what could, what could you do or what do you do? I try to be aware that that's what's going on and really get grounded in the things that I can get grounded in most often, which for me are sound uh -huh. um, and my breathing. But I find I can get very obsessed with the emotional. It's still part. like it's just it, it's magnetic. Yeah, right. So one way you could try, I don't know if it's going to work, but uh, what I find that I see in um, in uh, us practitioners is that often so there'll be this thing it has heaviness to it or charged it or it's magnetic it pulls and so we'll think that we have to drop it completely and just come here and be with sound you know and but then it's like yeah but this is unresolved honey you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're good and so one way for me that i found that i found there was actually some it could be a, a good thing to do but sometimes it feels like it's not appropriate way to practice for me to actually drop it and come back to sound you know it can be helpful to center myself, but one other way that I practice will be that I, w I find out I've been gone with that story, retelling that story and feeling the hurt again. And, the, and then I, I let go of this, the story, but not the feeling. Like, oh, Pascal, hurt, hurt. Where's it felt? Can I bring tenderness here for this person who's hurting now here? You know, when I'm like, oh, it's over there and it's there that it happened. It's actually happening here now. Mm -hmm. There is hurt here, you know, or obsession here. And so that, to me, that's one way to, that seems wise to practice is to take care of this being who's disturbed right now. But here, you know, they're here. It's here that they're sad or that they're feeling lack or unresolvedness, you know, or confusion or here. So... Uh, inviting uh, tenderness here for this being that is confused or, um, you know, fell off in some way from uh, freedom, you know, and is caught and says, oh, 
you're caught in this Pascal. Oh yeah, feeling caught. Where is it felt, you know? Often in the chest area for me. Do you think that could be something or it's something you already do? I do try to focus on how it lands on my body, how the feeling lands in my body, my clenching my fists. I sort of do my own little review of how is this landing? Is my stomach in a knot? Yeah. I'm clenching my hands or my toes squished inside my socks. Um, is that is that done with um, tenderness, care, or more like investigative? No, it's more like a job. Yes, <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> so I wonder if there was something, uh, if at all possible, you know, because you know, if you find somebody who's like perturbed, I'm using this term, you know, yeah. So if you, <laughs> yeah, so if you find somebody, so it's like, hey, how do you feel? So you're perturbed, right? Where does it feel? You know, like that's that's one of the ways we practice. Actually, it's it's, and it's more like, oh, oh my God, it's not easy. Yeah, you of course, you know, you've something happened. You're perturbed. You're you're sad about it, or confused about it, or hurt. <gasps> wow, let me stay with you. So it's more like accompanying. Uh, something like this seems like would be appropriate. You know. Like instead of doing the job of investigating the thing, you know, it's uh, it's more like being touched by what's happening. You know. So. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Shall we try this a little bit again and just see what's going to happen? And so you could be uh, standing up if you want for the first uh, few seconds or minutes or for the. The whole thing will we'll do this maybe uh, maybe a dozen minutes of uh, just being together uh, alone. <laughs> you could do this uh, standing, you could do this uh, lying down. Uh, if you think you can stay awake, so we're practicing being awake. So not imposing anything. It's a very, very humble work of meeting what's there, just as it is. We're not trying to fix anything, or we're not trying for anything to disappear because it shouldn't be there. make something happen. And just discovering what's there and seeing if it can be allowed, if it can be met, known. Maybe with appreciation if it's uh, sweet or lovely or pleasant in some ways. Appreciation. Or if it's difficult, probably tenderness. If available, could be a wise response. 
not demanding for anything else. Not pushing. Just making space, seeing if we can make space for what is there. If it's quite simple, like the sounds, or the breath, seeing if we can have enough sensitivity to experience this, that is more subtle, Attention can ref- be refined enough to allow for subtle stimulation to happen. the mind has a lot of comment or things to say just become aware of this don't uh, struggle with this don't try to let it go let's just be uh, aware in a more general way that there's a lot being said in there be agitated in there might notice the flickering nature of things, how they appear and disappear, the sounds, some sensations, the breath itself appears in our consciousness and then disappears for a while.
awareness can allow for big emotions to move through, for nothing to happen. Allow quietness to be known or agitation to be known. You might notice how the mind easily is taken away in the trance of thoughts or emotions or concerns of all kinds. have to follow every thought. Our faithfulness is somewhere else, not in thoughts, but in presence.
become aware if it's friendly in there or, or if it could be. Finish if you want to, only if you want to. Think of uh, three things that you're grateful for, things or people, three aspects of your life now that you can appreciate. See if uh, you can recognize the flickering nature of these. Are they always there in your experience? Are they appear and disappear? So is it possible to appreciate the preciousness of these and also their flickering, appearing and disappearing nature? how to be in the present so we can appreciate it and meet it tenderly and also discover how ephemeral, fragile it is. Okay, here's another ephemeral thing. The class is over. (laughs) (laughs) Wish you um, a good uh, end of the week. Am I coming back before uh, the end of the year? No, huh? Okay, so uh, if everything goes according to plan, we might uh, see each other again uh, in January 9th, maybe a 10th, something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Somebody knows. It's written somewhere. It's in, okay? Thank you very much. Thank you. Remi- reminding you, as you know, I think most of you are aware, there's two boxes as you come out. One to support the center here, who's offering the space uh, 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 generously. Generally, and, 
January 10th, okay. And the other box is uh, to support the teacher. That's how the teacher comes here dressed, <laughs> fed, uh, is sheltered during the week, and is, uh, has access to medicine. So that counts a lot. Thank you.